Texas. Listen to bells and waterfalls. Listen to churches and steeples. Dance and sing and listen and bells. Listen to making things, stripes and zigzags. Bike riding and zigzagging. No, listen to bike riding and curving. Listen to the radio. John Cargo from the town of Carroll, New York. I'm the president of the Carroll Historical Society, and you're listening to WGXC Acre, 90.7 FM, hands-on radio. Next time you find yourself using a ride share, make it more interesting. Ask the driver to put on 90.7 FM, WGXC Acre, radio for open ears. WGXC underwriting support is provided in part by... Greenville Drive-In 32, a destination for movies and music under the stars of the Northern Catskills since 1959. Seasonal programming information at drivein32.com or 518-966-2177. WGXC is made possible in part by the generous ongoing support of FET Press in Hudson, New York. Sustaining supporters are among the station's most dedicated listeners. They care deeply about Creative Community Radio, and their investment helps to sustain WGXC as a public platform for information, experimentation, and engagement in Greene and Columbia counties. You, too, can become a WGXC sustaining supporter by investing in community radio every month. Go to WGXC.org and click Donate. Thank you for your support. Welcome to Dim the Lights with Jenny and Amanda. Here we are on a chilly Tuesday evening the second Tuesday of this fine month of December. I hope you're all just hanging on to the, your very last wits through the holiday season. Hi, Jenny. Hi, Amanda. <laughs> I don't have any wits left. They're all gone. <laughs> I know. I already feel the hair loss coming. Um, <laughs> all over uh, the body. I know, especially after, I mean, not to make light of something very serious, but um, last COVID Christmas was very small, very relaxing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> anyways, you found yourself listening to our twice a month movie show where we just chit chat about movies we watched and that we love. And every episode we pick a theme. It can be as vague or specific as we feel like it. And uh, we have a great theme this time. But before we get into that, we're going to tell you about what's playing in the theaters right now. Um, I'll start by telling you guys about what's playing at Upstate Films in both of their locations in Rhinebeck, New York, and in Saugerties, New York, at the Star Cinema in Rhinebeck, we have basically um, playing it at various times and in different arrangements through the coming week. There's Nightmare Alley, the new Guillermo del Toro movie, which is very exciting. Uh, something called Aware, Glimpses of Consciousness, Belfast, Come On, Come On, Benedetta, the nun movie that Jenny and I really want to see, and The French, the French Dispatch. And um, again, those are playing uh, in, different, in different combinations, like on different random days. And then at the Orpheum in Socrates, there's Belfast, Aware, Glimpses of Consciousness, West Side Story, Don't Look Up, The French Dispatch, and House of Gucci. And you can find out more and purchase tickets at upstatefilms.org. Wonderful. I'm very excited for some of those movies. Gonna have to trek on over. I know. Uh, let me tell you about what's playing at Spotlight Cinemas in Hudson, which is closed through the 16th due to 
staff shortages, but then after that will be open according to their website. So keep that in mind if you're trying to go see something tonight or tomorrow. Uh, they have, come on, come on, being the Ricardos, House of Gucci, <laughs> West Side Story, Ghostbusters Afterlife, Encanto, and uh, the new Spider-Man movie is opening there as well. Nice. And we have a very, very similar lineup at the Wyndham Theater in Wyndham, New York. We have Spider-Man No Way Home and Encanto and Ghostbusters Afterlife. And you can find out more about showtimes and what days these movies are playing at WyndhamTheater.com. That's W-I-N-D-H-A-M theater.com. Uh, and I'm going to tell you about one last theater, which is the Crandall in Chatham, which you can find information about at CrandallTheater.org. <clears throat> and they have Spider-Man and West Side Story for pretty much the rest of December. And then in January, they're going to introduce some uh, other ones, such as <laughs> Belfast, uh, being the Ricardos, The Power of the Dog, which I would really like to see in a theater, so I might have to head up there for it, uh, and Come On, Come On. Uh, so you can check out those showtimes at crandaltheater.org, and uh, you know, if you want to go see Spider-Man No Way Home, check it out. I <laughs> I feel like my, my mind like cannot hold those titles in my head and like the Annabelle movie titles in my head at the same time. <laughs> like, like, doesn't she, isn't there also an, like Annabelle homecoming, like yeah. Spider-Man homecoming? Annabelle comes home. Oh, it's Annabelle comes home. <laughs> but the funny thing is, is like having to hold the two in your mind at the same time at all. <laughs> it's true. I don't at all, but it's like, I'm, I, it's not necessarily that I'll see either, but the, for some reason they just, I, you know, they just mix up. I think there's a Spider-Man there. homecoming and then an Annabelle comes I th- home. I think you're right that it is Annabelle <laughs> comes home, but in my mind, it's always Annabelle homecoming. Cause I'm like, she's going to homecoming. I mean, I'm so comes happy home for her. Just as silly. She comes home. <laughs> she's coming where home. She, back where she belongs. <laughs> she got out of school early and she's coming home. Uh, what's being the Ricardos? As far as I understand, and this is just through osmosis from being on the internet. It's a movie that's supposed to be about Lucy Ricardo. Like I love Lucy, Lucy starring Nicole Kidman, but I believe it's written and directed by Aaron Sorkin. And I don't think that it was, I don't think anybody likes it from what I can tell. Who's Aaron Sorkin? Folks, this is an actual movie show. I'm so sorry. (laughs) No, Um... no, no. He's the guy who, um, okay. So like famously he's like the West wing guy, but Mm -hmm. since then he's done a bunch of, movies that are probably fine but like I have no interest in seeing <laughs> yeah just, just like he's, the West Wing for me honestly it sounds like it couldn't possibly any be any more boring he, yeah he does like a lot of like big talky quippy movies which I'm just he, although actually yeah. he did write the script for the social network which I think another movie I haven't seen but that people do like <laughs> never I seen just, it either dude can't, I don't know I, like I, I look at the movies that Aaron Sorkin has made and I'm like no thank you <laughs> yeah not but that's you know, just me not my cup of tea sounds Precisely. like a lot of talking and a lot of me not not Karen yeah I think I mean from what I can tell and again grain of salt because this is just for me like scrolling and not actually reading anything like being the Ricardos isn't very funny or like doesn't introduce Lucy as being particularly funny when which is like, weird the whole she's... opposite of the point of that <laughs> yeah weird Weird. Um, and I actually know Nicole Kidman can be funny. Totally. She's capable. To Die For is so funny. Oh, oh, is that the... Uh, that's wait, the one can- based... Uh, that's the Gus Van Zandt movie. That's yes. her. She's playing the w- television weather personality who seduces a high school student to kill her husband. <laughs> right. I remember. Yeah. I was like, is that it's, the one that you described? And it is. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. It's very good. And she's very funny. Oh. She let, isn't just let Nicole stony be and beautiful. Funny. Let her do it. She <laughs> can do it. Do she it. has the chops. <clears throat> um, Jenny, should we talk a little bit about what we've been watching lately before we jump into our theme? I know we'll probably talk a little bit about something we both watched. That's in yeah. the theaters. I think that's but a great we... idea. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, well, you mentioned that The Power of the Dog is in the theater, but you and I both already watched it as it is streaming on Netflix. Um, do you want to tell the listeners a little more about like the setup of this incredible movie? I would love to. So the power of the dog 
if you haven't heard of it. Uh, it's brand new. It just came out. It is Jane Campion's first movie since Bright Star, which she made in 2009. Uh, and it is a Western. It's set like in the 1920s, I want to say, roughly. Yeah, that or the 30s. Or the 30s. Um, out in, kind of, you know, I actually don't remember, but my instinct is that it's like Montana or something. I think, it's it, just... I think it is. Uh, I think it is Montana. It's one of the U.S. Canadian border states for sure. Like, yeah, it's up there. Um, but it's loosely about a set of brothers who come to own a farm uh, one of whom gets married to one of whom is played by Jesse Plemons, who gets married to Kirsten Dunst. Married uh, in real life. Married in real life. Married in the movies. <laughs> <laughs> I love. I love when acting couples act together. I know. Me too. It's so sweet. Uh, and his Jesse Plemons's brother is played by Benedict Cumberbatch, um, who is a particularly aggressive and brutal man. Uh, and it's just kind of about this. It's a movie that's very puzzle-like, where for the first half or so, you're given a lot of confusing pieces, but you're not quite sure how they go together until the second half starts to unlock it. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just stunning. It's a really incredible movie. I loved it. I know, Amanda, you did too. (laughs) I mean, it's perfect. I I actually haven't run into anybody who doesn't like it because honestly, if they did, they'd be a real dunce. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Real goober. Sorry to go hard personal opinion there, but baby, it's my radio show. Um, (laughs) It's, uh, yeah, it's just beautiful. You put it well and you say you're given a lot of information Um, and given it very uh, delicately and like Mm -hmm. the, like the texture of everyone's, of the characters are so, is so good. And it's so full, you know, you're given so many, the actors do such a good job at um, portraying these, these like minute um, things that are going on in their own worlds and in the ways they're interacting with the other people in the story and all the anxieties people are experiencing. Yeah. Um, it's both like incredibly dense and incredibly subtle in a way that is also really satisfying when you do start to put pieces together and you're like, oh my God, that's why that happened. You know, like, yeah, it's just, I love when movies trust you <laughs> to yeah. understand something without really handing it to you immediately. Where it's just right? like, look, you're going to watch this. And if you're actually paying attention and thinking about it, it will reward you. And I just love it. It's so, it feels so good. <laughs> Thank you for saying that too, because that is so true and unfortunately really rare. Um, yeah, thanks, for sure. Thanks, Jane Campion, for treating me like I'm paying attention because I <laughs> Thank was. Thank you. And I am. <laughs> yeah, it's also um, just like really beautiful. It's like very visually um, exceptionally lovely. Yeah, exactly. I know. I keep. Um, I know it was a lot of it was shot in New Zealand, which mm-hmm. we we know from um, Peter Jackson's <laughs> Lord of the Rings series, a very beautiful country. <laughs> um I'm actually looking up now to find when um or where it's supposed to take place because it is yeah Montana yeah I I couldn't remember if they said it or not or if it was just something about the mountains in the distance that gave that vibe um yeah the other thing that's rules about it is uh once again scored by our king Johnny Greenwood Mm. (laughs) he just don't Mm. miss He really don't miss. He knows how to use those strings. You know, yeah, he dude. really knows how to. Hook. Yeah. He really knows beautiful. how to score a movie. He really knows how to throw some beautiful strings in there. Yeah. I would highly recommend it. Both of us would highly recommend it. It's on Netflix. Exactly. The other thing that's really great is Jane Campion's two other movies. I don't know if she has more than just these two, but the two that I've seen, Bright Star and The Piano, um, which are both also beautiful and great are also on Netflix so you can have yourself a little triple feature if you wanted to I have never seen the piano but I did see bright star at the Berkshire Film Festival when it came out when I was in high school I love that very exciting to see that kind of brooding romance yeah totally you love Um, to see it yeah exactly um you know when you're in high school when you're our age you're very into Ben Weishaw yeah you're you're a weird you're a weird kid you're a weird kid Uh, and it's and it's like Keats which also for the uh, like you know the nerds the nerds in the room yeah the nerds in the room yeah exactly he's playing the poet Keats he's he's wiry and gaunt um yeah 
It's really great. I actually I rewatched it. Dur- I want to say during lockdown. I'm not. Sh- it was either then or right before it, and it's still great. I really loved it. Yeah, it's a great movie. Uh, sorry, I know we ha- we're running out of time to talk about one single movie, but I just no. want to say one more thing no, about please. the power of the dog. Really our time is our own dude. too. Yeah, yeah. It is our own. <laughs> um, it's. I mean, again, just to like to give props to the director and the actors for um, doing something so expertly that's so like complex and delicate. It's it's a drama for sure, but it's got a lot of humor in it. If you yeah. know, if you're a certain kind of person and you know what you're looking for. Absolutely. It's got some really, some really good subtle humor. It's a great yeah, movie. it's a it's a great movie, dude. <laughs> it's yeah. really good. It's also like probably the best, or at least my favorite performance given by Benedict Cumberbatch as a person who cannot really get into him most of the time. Oh, he actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. Like he's just he really that particular part really works for his whole his whole deal. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've spent hours of our lives knocking the batch. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> and here we are being like the batch. Pretty good in I know. this one. All right. I'm I'm back in with I'm I'm back in it with the batch. I mean, know? I gotta say, the other movie that I'm like the batch pretty good in is Atonement when he's also like kind of a creep. I mean he's he's oh not just kind of a creep, he's a total creep in atonement. Yeah, no, he's like very scary and <laughs> yeah, he's awful. I forgot about that. I don't think I'll ever watch that movie again, but um. yeah, it's 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 a hard it's a hard one. I don't like need to. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, he's like honestly, I'll like people typecasting Benedict Cumberbatch as a romantic lead lead big mistake make him the creep in your movie (laughs) yeah I mean he's really perfect for like he's a bully in this movie for many reasons which you'll find out when you watch it but he's he's like an obnoxious bully too like that style of bully he's not really like wailing on people and getting lunch money he's just like (laughs) being a little mm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) being a little Uh, mm. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you know what? Uh, a little, you know what? He's, be, he's being a real punk. In this yeah, movie. he is being a real punk. But yeah, that's the power of the dog. You should absolutely watch it. It's so good. Yeah, it's it's truly flawless. Yeah. Um, and that's so special. I feel like we get like a couple of those a year. We're just yeah. hmm, solid gold, baby. Perfect. Um, is there anything else that you want to tell me and the folks that you've been watching lately? I've watched a couple other movies that are probably not worth writing home about, but you know, I'll mention one. I also watched a uh, paranormal activity next of kin. <laughs> uh, <yeah. laughs> the new paranormal activity movie. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to be finishing that once we get off the radio. Cause I'm like halfway through. <laughs> yeah. It's a, uh, it's the new, it's number five, I believe in the paranormal activity franchise. I haven't seen one through four. I jumped right into five. You don't need um, to see the other one. It's not related. Uh, it's just a fun, you know, honestly, I just love a horror movie that knows exactly what it is. <laughs> it's like, baby, I'm here. I'm here to serve you a silly documentary style. Yeah. Um, you know, people going, pe- people being where they shouldn't be. <laughs> yeah. Horror movie. And I had a great time. Enjoyed it exactly. very much. You know, sometimes horror movies that have kind of um just like what's in their bag is no good like mm-hmm. their combo of features is just not appealing to me and a lot of other people like the other paranormal activity mm-hmm. movies sometimes they just add a couple ingredients and it becomes just right like i kind of feel like that's what happened with um rob zombies uh devil's rejects where like mm-hmm. his other movies garbage hot <laughs> hot trash but uh, Devil's Rejects, just like something got poured in and it just came out right. You're like, mm. And this one, I mean, they just added some spooky country folk and I'm in. I'm game. I mean, that's all it takes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's I'm great. game. I, it's fun. It's also like a, it takes, it's like snowy and wintry in it. So mm-hmm. it's really great for this time of year. Like if you want to get a little bit scared, but it's mostly just kind of silly. Like yeah. by the climax, I was doing a lot of like clapping and going like, ha, 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 uh, yeah. and like the, and the both like kind of scared, but mostly just having a good time way. Yeah. So, uh, and yeah. Uh, I mean, things keep getting revealed, which is very exciting. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not finished with it yet, but I won't tell you, you anymore. Know, they're like adding more and more creepy stuff. It's very fun. You know, yeah. I'm leaning in. It's great. Yeah. That's, do you have any other, do. Uh, do you have any other new, new stuff you want to touch on before we I, slip I do. on over? 
do I it. do. And I'm sorry. That's why I made you tell me about more. So I could tell you about more that you want lately. <laughs> um, I watched. Money. Um, it was amazing. It's by Italian director, Matteo Gironi. Um, and I, I first got turned on to this director by watching his movie tale of tales, which is based off of a famous collection of fairy tale, Italian fairy tales, um, by, and I'll have to pull up the author in a sec. Um, but that movie is on Netflix, um, mm-hmm. and it has like a really star studded cast. It has Salma Hayek in it and John C. Riley. Um, oh yeah. It's based on a series of fairy tales by Giambattista Basile. Um, ah. yeah. <laughs> and this guy just based on that movie, I was like, oh man, I'm so excited to see what he does next. I hope it's in the same vein because they are just the retellings of fairy tales, but original fairy tales are really dark. They, they don't even need to be made darker. They're already totally. really gross and weird. Um, and this movie is just all practical effects, um, beautiful sets. It's so fun. And his Pinocchio totally delivered. Um, everyone's costumes and makeup is truly incredible. I had only ever seen the Disney one and then I'd never read any of it. So I didn't realize how much more of an adventure there is that the puppet Pinocchio (laughs) goes through. Um, But there's a lot more. And yeah, this one is definitely less dark purposefully than Tale of Tales because it is supposed to be for kids and adults, but it's still weird. And especially because the costumes are, it's all practical effects and stuff. Um, but it was really amazing. I, if you like weird fairy tales or fantasy and you, especially if you like seeing practical effects and amazing sets and costumes, I highly recommend this Pinocchio from 2019 slash 2020, uh, Matteo Gironi, and it's streaming on Amazon. Wow. Yes. I do like all of those things you listed. I like them very much. Oh man. I know you, you've been telling me to watch Tale of Tales for a while and I haven't done it, but it's coming for me. I really am going to. (laughs) Oh yeah. I mean, it's, I, Hey, you know what? It's out there. I think it has a deal with Netflix, so it might just be sitting there. Um, totally waiting for you, but yeah, it's, I mean, if you are a fan of, I don't know anything from like eighties fantasy, like never ending story or Mm -hmm. Guillermo del Toro, other contemporary directors who love using practical effects and love a kind of fairy tale story structure. Mm -hmm. You'll love these movies. Yeah. For real. Oh, amazing. Delightful. Mm. Mm. Shall we, um, dig in? Shall we (laughs) dine? Shall we take a seat at the table? Uh, I think we should. That's right, (laughs) folks. So it's time to talk about the movies around our theme. And for this show, we chose the scene, the theme feast, feast, feast. (laughs) Um, so movies where the feast is a powerful, um, form (laughs) or centerpiece (laughs) or character all its own in a movie. Um, Jenny, Can you tell me what you watched? I would love to. I'm going to start with the movie that that uh, met that brief the least (laughs) so that it's we just get it out of the way. Although I did really like it. So I'm excited to tell you about it anyway. Um, I really wanted to watch. um, I mean, I wanted to watch movies that had (laughs) a big sumptuous table. Mm-hmm. involved in them and weren't just like a food movie because there's one million food movies and although exactly. I do love them very much that wasn't really what I was looking for no that'll um, be a different show we had to make the distinction totally and this one I will say it falls more into that category but mm. I only really watched two movies so I'm gonna tell you about it anyway honestly same <laughs> one was uh, like on the border of just food and the other one is like hard feast yeah exactly exactly so the first movie I watched I did love. Uh, it's called Little Forest, and it's from mm-hmm. 2018. It's oh, you made a sound like. Have you? Do you know about it? No, I'm so sorry. That was me swallowing my drink. Oh, 
saying it because the title mm. was nice. I'm so mm. sorry. <laughs> no, don't be sorry. I was like, mm. I'm over uh, here feasting. So I'm so glad. Can I ask what your drink is? I'm sorry to interrupt. I just want to know. Oh my gosh, no problem at all. It's just a slapdash little um, bourbon with ginger beer and apple cider. And oh, lovely. Lime wedge. <laughs> you got to have a nice drink to go along with your meal. That's yeah. what I'm learning here from these films. Exactly. Uh, all so right, Little Forest. Little Forest. So Little Forest is a South Korean movie. Uh, it's been on my list for a second because it stars um, Kim Tae-ri, who you may have heard me talk before about her. I love her very much. She's in The Handmaiden. Oh. Uh, and she's also in that movie Space Sweepers. And I really have a crush on her. Yes. <laughs> uh, but so she plays a woman who has been living in Seoul and has become like pretty disaffected. She like failed her her exams at school to become a teacher. Her She broke up with her boyfriend um, and she has like a contentious relationship with her mom. So she decides to move back to her childhood home where she lived with her mom, where her mom has just like kind of up and left um, mm-hmm. and wants to basically spend some time by herself. And so she is kind of just hiding and making these really elaborate dishes for herself. Mm. And it's just really nice. It's just a really <laughs> nice movie because it's pretty much her. She reconnects with two of her friends from childhood who still live in the town mm. and they come over for dinner a couple of times, but like it's primarily just these really slow, beautiful scenes of her preparing complicated dishes. Mm. And it's just delightful. Like she's, you know, cause she starts to also uh, take care of the house and the yard outside and starts planting things oh, and keep, oh. like she's talking to these friends and they're like you keep saying you're gonna leave soon but you're planting things and she's like I'm only gonna stay through the winter and then I'm out of here but it's true she is she's just like totally cultivating this life and it's really lovely um Kim Tae-ri is just I, she's so magnetic that I would watch her do anything but especially when she is like you know grinding up beautiful things and then sifting them and then baking them together yeah. I'm just like dude you got oh me <laughs> I mean like watching anybody cook and also like clean and tidy yeah. for me personally like redoing a home so <laughs> nice oh god it's and so then lovely. when it's a really magnetic person forget about it like you got on it, there baby. yeah the other thing is is that uh her one of the friends who she is reconnecting with brings her a dog <laughs> he just like shows up and brings her a puppy and she just has a dog <laughs> it's like oh, it's truly like the embodiment of those like long form asmr videos where somebody takes like a plant and then turns it into like a table or whatever you know mm-hmm. and it's just so oh man it's just great i i really liked it it is not feast-like in the sense that there aren't these like really complex tableaus and like she she only she's telling stories about each of the things that she's making which I think is really lovely and it mm. has kind of like that spirit of complexity and attention to detail which is what I was looking for from like the feast aspect totally um but she's primarily just like basically just trying to decompress from the world (laughs) yeah and also like oh she's also running away from her problems like that's definitely like that's what the conflict part of it is is her trying to figure out what she wants to do and like what's going on with herself and like her relationship with her mother um which is really nice and it's directed by uh yim soon rai who is a south korean like female auteur which is really cool um and i am excited to kind of like check out some of her other movies because you know she's made a couple other ones um but yeah, so that is Little Forest. It's streaming for free on Tubi, or you can rent it for like $1.99, which is what I did. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really nice. I think I think that pretty much anyone would enjoy watching it. I mean, it sounds really pleasing. And, and actually, the combination of going to your hometown, meeting up with old friends, and cooking very holidays very hot yeah it felt and it starts in the winter like that's when she gets there and so it's very like and it goes through yeah it goes through the four seasons because she obviously doesn't leave (laughs) she's obviously she is lying to herself when she's like i'm only gonna be here for another month and then i'm out of here no it sounds great i would never leave (laughs) yeah same but it's you know you sometimes you do have to face your problems and that's kind of what the movie's about but uh, but it's it's great and it's not super feast like but had to had to tell you about it anyway I mean I as I said same situation here I have to tell you about this movie that I watched that is not totally feast like because I also only watched two movies (laughs) um 
And it's actually kind of oddly similar. I watched Ang Lee's Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. I almost I've never watched seen that. It. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah. So it did have a lot of um, really incredible cooking scenes. And I will say very large meals. Mm. Eat, Drink, Man, Woman um, is about, it takes place in Taipei. It's a Taiwanese film in Taiwanese. Um, and it's about um, an aging father who has three daughters, all of whom are unmarried and still live at home because um, it's like a lot of Ang Lee's movies, I guess. It's about um, the clash between tradition and then changing cultural values. Um, so it's traditional for like his daughters to live at home until they get married and move out and live with their husbands. And all three of them are unmarried. And it's um, really just kind of a romantic drama um, about uh, the the li- really the lives of his daughters. Um, and uh, yeah, I, it's funny because it's, it's oddly simple. Like I don't have mm-hmm. too much to say about it. It's from 1994 and it has really it has really excellent romantic drama, like 90s romantic drama energy. Like mm-hmm. all the women are wearing very matte makeup. Uh, like matte lipstick matte foundation totally (laughs) very very matte makeup um and but it's it's very 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 sweet uh the father is and of course it's about like you know their their mom um the father's wife has passed away and he's kind of gruff and closed off and uh critical of his daughters and and what they're doing with their lives um And of course, it's about like the ways in which he softens and does show his love to them and his support for them. Um, And it has lovely because it spends so much time just about this family. There is very sweet um, character arcs, uh, you know, the the following the the lives and romances of each of the daughters is very fun, is really cute. Um, And there the reason it's a feast movie is because um, their father, whose name is Zhu, he is a semi-retired chef for this, like, there's a couple scenes in the restaurant that he works sometimes for, and it is one of those massive, massive restaurants where, like, huge companies or massive wedding parties happen, Um, so the kitchen scenes are amazing, but then really the scenes of him cooking at home are incredible, and they talk all the time in the movie about how he always prepares far too much food for the four of them him and his three daughters. <laughs> um, so there's the whole opening is just watching him prepare food. And uh, honestly, yes. I could wa- have watched two hours of just that much like Jiro dreams <coughs> of sushi is just mm-hmm. almost like watching his hands, like fold the rice. Yeah. Just seeing this guy cook all of this food, tons of different things. Um, they, they have a tradition in their family that they always get together on Sunday nights for dinner. So at these dinners is where a lot of drama unfolds as things in the various lives change and they tell each other about it, but these dinners are incredible. They're amazing. Watching people cook elaborate meals is so satisfying. I love, I could do it forever. Yeah. Yeah, I really could. And um, I guess it's like a running thing in the movie where, you know, he's getting older and his daughters think he's kind of losing his sense of taste a little bit. But everything that he's making looks so amazing, like much like just like a lot of movies that are from other countries. There's definitely a lot that I lose in in watching this because I I don't know much about Taiwanese culture Mm -hmm. um, and I'm not a part of it. So there's definitely just like you know, everything else. There's, there's some things that I'm missing. Like I'm not getting everything I could be out of this movie, but um, yeah, especially like, I'm like, this food looks very, very impressive. I don't see what you mean <laughs> saying like these, these crab dumplings aren't very good. Right. They, they look incredible. <laughs> right. It's like with the only thing I can taste this with is my eyes and they look beautiful. So I'm having a hard time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Eat, Drink, Man, Woman was very, very sweet. Again, um, if you love um, 90s 
like very 90s energy romantic dramas it's definitely a really fun watch because yeah that's the biggest takeaway aesthetically or just them as far as the story goes it's really a classic 90s rom-drom nice it was very cute um the uh it's it's streaming on pluto and tubi and amazon prime i wasn't familiar with any of the actors personally but um the father is played by she she hung lung um and yeah it was great everyone did a great job nice yeah that's actually a perfect transition to the only other new movie that i watched that i hadn't seen before because i did rewatch something which if we have time we'll get to it but if we don't that's okay too um but the other movie i watched that i hadn't seen is also a 90s rom drama. it's more just a drama but it's a little got a little rom in it mm-hmm. um i watched big night a movie i've never seen but uh i've never seen big night either was recommended to me when I was telling I this weekend I went on a trip with a bunch of my friends who I haven't seen in a long time, which was really nice. And I told them, here's a preview for if we get to it, that I was planning on rewatching uh The Cook, the Thief, His Wife, and Her Lover. <laughs> so good, which is so like the quintessential good. feast movie IMO. <laughs> it really is. We probably won't get to talking about it, but listeners, please, if you want to watch a feast movie, you have to watch The Cook, it's- the Thief, His Wife and her lover her lover i know every time i'm like wait how, what order these i have happen? to slow down <laughs> yeah <laughs> but i would mention that that's what i was going to rewatch. and my friend charlie who has seen it was like why would you watch that movie a second time because <laughs> like, i really like it but that's a reasonable really question because it is really brutal and it is hard to watch and he was like you should watch big night which is like a really cute suggestion <laughs> to follow up yeah his wife and her lover because it is such a like brutal intense um, oh yeah and big night is such a gentle and not brutal movie at all yes uh the big night is from 1996 it was written and directed by stanley tucci with campbell scott and uh joseph trapiano uh and it stars stanley tucci and tony shalhoub (laughs) which is just delightful yeah um it actually is kind of a star-studded cast also a mini driver uh isabella rossellini and um alice and janney are all in it too yeah yeah really wild um but it is about two brothers who are italian immigrants played by stanley tucci and tony shalhoub who both have kind of like do a little bit of like the mario accent which is (laughs) (laughs) and at the beginning i was like ooh, kind of hard to watch but then it you know you get used to it yeah it's Um, true but it's hard just because I know both of them so well from other things that I'm like, that's not what your voice sounds like. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they play brothers uh, named Primo and Segundo, which I don't think are like their actual names, but like first and second. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. Tony Shalhoub is the older brother, and so we call him Primo. Um, and they own a restaurant. Unclear where, I think in California somewhere. They're definitely on a coast. Uh, and they are not doing very well, despite Tony Shalhoub is the chef. His cooking is impeccable and incredible, but it's mm-hmm. like the 50s, roughly, and nobody is willing to accept his authentic Italian cuisine mm-hmm. because they come in and they're like, where's the meatballs? And he's like, I made you risotto. Why are you asking me that? <laughs> oh, that's uh, so they're, so good. it's really, it's lovely. I'm it's already a, hungry. Yet another movie where you get to watch Tony Shalhoub and Stanley Tucci and an v- extremely young Twinkie Mark Anthony <laughs> playing there, like a <laughs> bus boy. Yes. Uh, cook beautiful Italian meals with each other. Um, but so Stanley Tucci is trying to keep the business alive because if they don't start making money soon, they will have the restaurant will be foreclosed on and they don't have any money. They send, they send money to their family. They have nobody to support them. So he goes to talk to another restaurant owner who is another Italian immigrant down the street who has an extremely successful restaurant, but their food is terrible. (laughs) But everybody likes going there. It's like a real party spot. Isabella Rossellini and all her hot friends are there. So Stanley Chuchu goes and has a talk with him. And the other restaurant owner is like, look, I'm friends with this singer, Louis Prima, who I don't know if he's a real person. He might be. Is he a real person? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I didn't look it up. I was like, Louis yeah. Prima sounds like a real person. Yeah. Like, I'm going to invite him to town. Look, we'll have dinner at your place. 
your brother will cook for him. It'll be amazing. That will get you like, get your foot in the door. You'll start making money again. So he's like, okay, so this is big. All of this pressure is on this one beautiful night, big night, if you will. Ah, ah, <laughs> uh, a big night. Big night. And it's, you know, there's a lot of moments where something is about to go wrong, but it doesn't. And I really appreciated that. <laughs> but it's pretty much uh, just about Tony Shalhoub preparing the most beautiful meal of anybody's life. And a whole bunch of people come to this party. And uh, I'm just going to spoil it. Please spoil it. I really want to know if they have a good time. So here's the thing. Everybody has like the most incredible meal they've ever tasted. Like a bunch of people from town all show up. It's this huge long table full of people dinner starts at eight by 3 a.m everyone is like this is the best night i've ever had of my life and the best food i've ever tasted but you know who never shows up louis prima you know why because he was never going to come in the first place <laughs> but it's not about that it's about the love of the cooking it's about the yeah, love of the exactly food. well it's about um like lying to give somebody confidence <laughs> exactly and it's like it's truly it it ends on it's like waiting for Guffman. It's like waiting for Guffman. And it doesn't, it ends on like a inconclusive, like we don't know if the restaurant's going to shut down or not, but it ends with this like really beautiful scene where Stanley Tucci and Tony Shalhoub have gotten into a big fight the night before because it just, you know, they're on the knife's edge basically. Um, mm-hmm. But in the morning, Stanley Tucci just comes into the restaurant and like very quietly makes scrambled eggs for him and Mark Anthony and Tony Shalhoub shows up and they just sit quietly eating it together. And that's the end of the movie. And it's so lovely. <laughs> that's all I want. Yeah. Big night. It's beautiful. Excellent. Just very, and it's like, gets in, gets out, does what it says, shows you the, like the most beautiful Italian feast you could ever want. And then it's <sighs> done. And that's the, and that's the movie. <laughs> oh god i mean that's kind of how eat, eat drink man woman ended like the father and the daughter with whom he had the most complicated relationship they just sit there eating this delicious food because she's also an amazing cook yes it is such a like unbelievably cathartic thing to see is people sharing a meal together it's just yeah. like that is i mean that's the power of the feast baby it really is the power of the feast i mean it's next to breathing it's a way yeah. we connect it's like totally. dancing yeah um just so you know you do know who louis prima is louis prima is the the orangutan from jungle book <laughs> okay yes <laughs> yeah i mean i recognize the songs but i was like i don't know i want to walk like... like you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. no yeah, no, that's yeah. <laughs> i mean i haven't seen the jungle book since i was a kid but i've heard the song before <laughs> that's but, that's Louis prima damn so that's the thing is that like i they play his records while like they're eating the dinner and i was like i recognize these songs but i wasn't sure if it was you know it was if it was an imagined person i didn't yeah. google it i don't know anything about music i don't either i mean that's the only louis prima song i know so. <laughs> it sounded like he did a lot of um the funny italian ones that you hear in restaurants so oh nice <laughs> The funny Italian. You know, the funny Italian ones yeah, where they just... list like types of pasta and stuff. Uh, <laughs> but celebration. He's beautiful... Exactly. He's got a beautiful voice. I love it. Oh, but anyway, man. that's Big Night. It's streaming on Paramount Plus if you have it, or you can rent it for like a buck ninety-nine, which is what I did also. Nice. It was on it made it onto my list. I always end up writing a big long list and then you know we don't we don't have a ton of time to watch all the movies and plus we don't even have time to talk about it's true a lot of movies if we watch them but tell me your next oh my gosh I'm gonna tell you (laughs) oh boy I'm gonna tell you about the other movie I watched um this is a movie that my partner told me about many years ago because we both like some real effed up movies um sometimes and I especially love to hear about and watch really effed up movies that Mm -hmm. I'll think about um until I leave this mortal coil um (laughs) I watched Le Grand Bouffe which is a French Italian movie from 1973 directed by Marco Ferreri um it's a truly disgusting movie about four men who get together in a mansion in the countryside and decide to eat themselves to death. <gasps> Whoa. <laughs> um, 
it's it's so it's very obvious um that it's a satire uh, about like the bourgeoisie and decadence and mm-hmm. consumerism um and so i guess when it came out that made it like a big deal um but now you know and that's still a great thing to satire but it is it's funny in the way that it's really obvious um but yeah so i really don't have too much to say beyond um i do recommend it i think it's truly insane and absolutely awful um <laughs> it's sickening to watch uh, <laughs> it's like i mean it's uh yeah not not unlike um a kind of less than zero attitude of like these very wealthy people who are like there's just nothing left to my life mm-hmm. but like ki- like truly killing myself with the excess this excess um, right And so it, the movie opens where you like, you see a little bit of each of these four men in, in the lives that they have. One is a television producer. One is a pilot. One is a chef. And he's the one who's responsible for all of these feasts that they're going to be eating. Um, and one of them is a judge and, uh, they get together at this mansion. It belongs to one of them and their family. And right when they show up, these trucks show up with the food, all the ingredients, like sides of beef, whole deer, bunch bunch of fowl, uh, tons of stuff. And, you know, they soon find out that eating yourself to death is a truly gruesome way to die. Can I ask a clarifying question? Yeah. I assumed when you said eating themselves to death that they were like, pardon this is gross like cutting off their own legs and consuming their body parts until they died but oh now my god realize- that would be amazing no 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 <laughs> now i'm realizing you just mean eating as much as they physically can no, until like they e- die. like literally eating eating oneself to death eating oneself to death got it i was like okay so they hired the chef to come in and like i'm assuming they're going like a leg at a time and then adding an arm <laughs> okay, no no okay. i wish that, that makes would be more amazing. sense I know. I'm sorry for any <laughs> any listeners we have that are kind of sensitive, but I know. I'm this, so sorry. I mean, this movie is gross, anyways. We're gross. It's okay. That's why I watched it. <laughs> I watched it because I'm disgusting. Um, no, you know, I what I will say is, spoiler alert: they die. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. And the I really was. This is again. I'm a sick, I'm a sick person. Um, I was hoping that when the first one died, they would eat him. I was like, right. oh, not natural progression. Like they'll be like, we have to eat our friend because like, we made you- this pact. <laughs> they, that didn't happen. They do unfortunately put their friends in the cold storage with the sides. Of mm-hmm. And like, they're, they're in this like windowed giant refrigerator. So you can see the bodies like while the rest of them are. So it's very gross. It is, it is fun. Um, it's like, it's definitely surreal in its lack of explanations Mm -hmm. to why they're doing this. Like it's easy to read into why they're doing it because they are just wealthy men who find pleasure in nothing else anymore and just are going to do this effed up thing. Um, but also just, there's no discussion of like, what's going to be done with their bodies at some point. (laughs) Um, they hire a bunch of sex workers to come, obviously, like, mm-hmm. you know, you got to have that access to, and they all like, they spend a night and then they leave and they're like, you guys are, this is very wrong. We're yeah. going to go. Um, <laughs> but this local school teacher joins their crew and she's like, I'm going to help you. I'm going to, this is my calling. I'm going to do this. She doesn't wow. see that, but she kind of just rolls up and is like, yeah, cool. Got yep, it. Let's do this. <laughs> I'm on board. And she's like, I'm going to eat with you. She doesn't die, mm-hmm. but she's like, I'm, I'm here for this. I'm going to, I'm going to pleasure all of you. And I'm also going to eat the food with you and I'm just going to see you off. And there's <laughs> that, that doesn't really go. <laughs> there's, they don't go into that either. She's just like, okay, I'm going to be your wow. steward in this journey. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, it's all, a funny thing about it too, is because it's from the seventies, even though the food sounds good to a certain extent because it's the seventies, it's seventies food. Gross. So yeah. it's horrible. Like when you see like those older Betty Crocker recipes where everything's mm-hmm. like dyed colors, yeah. it's like that kind of food. Ugh, wet salads and jellos. Yeah, exactly. And kind of smartly, you know, as 
when it starts off, it truly does just feel like a big feast. Like mm-hmm. they're, they got a nice table set up. The food actually does sound really good, but as they, their health does truly start to plummet because you should not try to eat yourself to death. Right. Um, and like, they truly do not stop. It's yeah. horrifying. Um, God. the food sounds grosser and grosser. And yeah, totally. I will tell you it, um, ends with a, uh, cake shaped like a cathedral made out of pate. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. Gross. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and that is, I mean, conceptually very into that. Like, yeah. As a movie, obviously sounds incredibly disgusting, but like that, I feel like the, oh, it was a the, nightmare. It was the a thing, nightmare. The thing with feasts is that we, there's two incredibly stark directions here that you can go. And one is like, you know, beautiful food, incredibly appetizing, just makes you want to eat all the time. And then there are like the horror feasts, which is yeah. this and the cook, the thief, his wife and her lover, which also like the food in that movie looks disgusting. And it's it looks so horrible. horrible. It's so gaudy. Yeah. It's, and it's like everything's lit under like bright green or bright red lights. Mm-hmm. And it's mm-hmm. just like, I, and I mean, the also the image that I used for our post today was from Pan's Labyrinth, which is also like, the feast that looks very beautiful, but is also incredibly horrible. Like just like yeah. that, that quick shift. It's on the knife's edge of being delicious. And then you're like, oh no. And it really tips over into like um, the uncanny and like just truly disgusting. Totally. When it oh, tips over it. to excess, because yeah. it really, for a while there, it's about celebration and connection and um, a ritual in, in, a, mm-hmm. in a good way. And then it does tip over into, yeah, it's a delicate balance. I mean, yeah. just like, like, like eating and making your tummy hurt, like, yeah. <laughs> you know, like if for a while there, it's about a really good thing. And then it can tip over into excess where it oh. becomes very, very bad. <laughs> a cathedral made out of pate. <laughs> oh, dude. And I can't even go into like the rest of that scene. Cause we can't talk about it before 10 PM <laughs> legally on the yeah. radio. Oh my God. It's so horrible Um, where did you watch this horrible movie oh my god so (laughs) I I it is on Tubi Mm -hmm. um yeah sorry it's on Tubi you can rent it on Amazon Prime I will say on Tubi the subtitles weren't quite matched up very Mm -hmm. well so I would recommend just renting it yeah Um, and this is called La Grande Bouffe or The Big Feast and it's from 1973 and it's just terrible oh my god incredible yeah Yeah. (laughs) sounds awful but also enticing oh my gosh no I I mean I do I'm interested I do recommend it it's funny (laughs) um yeah I like I said my partner told me about this movie a long long time ago because I also um I also do me personally I do feel very freaked out by like true gluttony yeah like that's why the wolf of wall street really freaks me out like i it really which it ultimately is the same idea like that like the the terror the horror of gluttony uh, totally really does get to me in movies and so my partner told me about this movie and when i told him i was gonna watch it he all he said was really sticks with you <laughs> oh no <laughs> incredible yeah yeah oh my god wow I'm I am excited to watch that sometime not while I'm eating <laughs> no oh my gosh you really can't like yeah. I have a pretty strong stomach but not strong enough for this nasty piece of work nope. um, oh my god I'm also really excited I know they don't do it but I'm excited for someday when we do our cannibal um eat it like we'll do you know we're gonna do a, a food episode and yeah. I'm sure we'll probably end up doing another feast episode because there's a million. And yeah. then, uh, you know, our cannibal feast movie, because also rewatching, once again, The Cook, The Thief, His Wife, and Lover, getting better uh, at it, the more I mention it, forgot that it's the score is by Michael Nyman, who did the score to my other favorite cannibal movie, Ravenous, which so good. we'll be talking about someday. Oh, yeah, we definitely will. I know we have to do a cannibal one. Yeah. It's a really good one. Oh, what a great um, theme this was, though. I love feasts. I know. And you're right. We will have to do a sequel of it. So unfortunately, we have run out of time to talk about feasts, but we'll be back with more feasting and more exciting other themes. Our show is every second and fourth Tuesday of the month. 
But uh, before we sign off, Jenny, is there anything you're looking forward to or that you specifically recommend to our listeners? Yes, I am looking forward to something which I just saw the trailer for this morning because I think it just came out. The trailer, I mean, not the movie. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a movie that's coming out next March. So I'm sure I'll talk about it again when we get a little bit closer. But it's this movie called Everything Everywhere All at Once, which Mm -hmm. the title meaningless to me. However, (laughs) yeah, it sounds kind of twee. Yeah, it does sound really tweet. It's true. And, and so here's the thing is that like on paper, I'm not interested at all. But then I watched the trailer and I was like, I am extremely interested. On paper, it is directed by um, Daniel Scheinart, Scheinart and Daniel Kwan, who are the two guys who made Swiss Army Man, a movie oh, okay. which I appreciate but didn't like emotionally connect me at all. However... This is a movie starring Michelle Yeoh, which is um, honestly like the hook that gets me every time. Yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> My wife. <laughs> 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 Michelle Yeoh. And it looks, it's like a sci-fi, like multiple universe Hong Kong movie. And so it looks fun. Oh, so fun. fun. Like I watched the trailer and as it kept going and going, I was like, uh, okay. Um, <laughs> um, so that's coming out next March, and I'm very excited. Would watch literally anything that Michelle Yeoh is in, but like so psyched to see her as the protagonist of something, and not just like the sidekick or whatever, like the woman who comes along to like kick everybody's butt. Um, yeah. I love her so much. Very excited to see it. Yeah, that sounds incredible. It's yeah. it is too bad. It's suffering because of its title, but yeah. thank goodness you're here to tell us what it's actually about. Because now I'm now I'm in fully. Yeah, totally. Um, but other than that, really excited for Benedetta. So yeah, we'll exactly. I know yeah. that's really all I have is like Benedetta and licorice pizza. Yeah. yeah I am very excited for Benedetta Paul Verhoeven's new nunsploitation movie. <laughs> By nunsploitation, I mean nuns being naughty. Um, <laughs> nuns getting into trouble. Nuns getting into trouble. Worship gets weird. Yeah. Um, and then... Licorice Pizza being Paul Thomas Anderson's new movie about a teen romance in the 70s. Yeah. Um, in LA. And it just looks really, it looks really good. And that, um, that guy just makes really good movies. <laughs> he he also just doesn't miss. He just, he's really great. <laughs> he really doesn't, even though less good ones are great. Yeah, totally. Oh, yeah. I'm also sick to see it. I hope it comes to a theater somewhere near us. Yeah, I do too. There's like one other movie that, I am really curious about it's going to be probably horrible. I don't know. Say, say it. <laughs> um, it's, I think it's out already, but I can't tell. All right. We all are lucky to live in the same world as Nicolas Cage yes. because he's a man without breaks. Um, and he, he don't care. But <laughs> yeah, he just, he don't care. Um, he is in a new movie by a Japanese director named Sion Sono, who I I am unfamiliar with. Um, he's in a movie by this director called Prisoners of the Ghost Land, starring yeah Nicolas Cage. Um, and I'll just read you the little synopsis here on Google. In the treacherous frontier city of Samurai Town, a ruthless bank robber gets sprung from jail by a wealthy warlord whose adopted granddaughter has gone missing. He offers the prisoner his freedom in exchange for retrieving the runaway. Strapped into a leather suit that will self-destruct in five days, the bandit sets off on a journey to find the young woman and his own path to redemption. But it's in like a weird, like made up cartoon world. Like it's clearly supposed to be a Western. Yeah, that sounds good. (laughs) But it's in like this like bonkers other realm I don't know who like it's just another like new new age Nicolas Cage where everything he's in is like very neon colored. It's another one of those. I am interested. I just looked up the director because the name sounded really familiar and I haven't seen any of his movies, but I've heard of a couple of them. So I'm like, I don't know. Might be. Hey, might be pretty good. I know. I know. It's like, yeah, exactly. It could be. It could be good. It could be weird. Who cares? Yeah. Prisoners of the Ghost Land. (laughs) That sounds really fun. <laughs> yeah, it does. Apparently, uh, it's on Amazon, so we can. Oh, it's. Oh, we could watch it right now if we, we wanted can to. Dive right in if you want to see a guy trapped in a leather suit. <laughs> I mean, I'm trying to do. Fortunately, I know. I just. 
I, you know, I just appreciate him. <laughs> I just, I, you know, he, he makes funny choices and I like that. I really appreciate, I appreciate that he's always going to do something weird. Um, yeah. The Wikipedia poll for this director, uh, he has been called the most subversive filmmaker working in Japanese cinema today, <laughs> a staccanovist filmmaker with an idiosyncratic career. But like, actually, I thought that was going to be a more exciting sentence because it had a bunch of um, quotation marks and I thought it was going to be weirder, but it wasn't that weird. So. Well, it's one of those ones where when I saw the trailer too, it was like from freaky visionary director, blah, blah. And I'm like, right. I've never, never heard like, of this who? 